This week on The Reverse Stick, we're joined by Australian international Flynn Ogilvy ahead of the Aslan Shah Cup. We've got coaches comings and goings, and the rest, well, that'll just happen as it does. And you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee. I'm joined every week by Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? I'm feeling good, mate. I'm feeling fine, and I'm really pleased to be here. I was just trying to think of a little, you know, a little intro to chuck in with a bit of a tune. or something. Got nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, summer hockey tonight, fantastic. One week to go on that, and then we kick off into the season here proper. All the pre-season fun and games are about to happen, and it's a very busy time of the year for me. Well, we must point out at this stage that summer hockey is supposed to be a... Um a fun social occasion for us older players. It's only fun and social. Bit of you barbecue, a few beers. Yeah, well, t- tell me about your game tonight because I believe it. You, you guys went one nil down we in a social down. game. Very early, and very early, and then we were told by everybody when we walked off the field, "Geez, you look whacked." Well, yeah, we were because we went one nil down. We put about fifteen past them after yeah, that. Yeah. But you know, it's all about the effort, and it's about realizing that uh, you know. <laughs> If there's a fight to be had, you've got to take it to the opposition. Okay. Anyway, are we here to do a podcast? Yeah, I like the beer personally. That's my favourite part of summer hockey. <laughs> well, you, you, in fact, you played you played the game before me tonight. We did. You, yeah, you yeah, played yeah, against yeah. the side that um, I talked about a couple of weeks ago, where I got the big body charge off the fella. Would you? That was so lovely to me. Yeah. They were really nice. We we were having chats and cracking jokes and everything, except for one bloke, but not the bloke that you had a problem with. Maybe it's just me then. Well, no. This this particular gentleman went went up to the umpire and discussed umpiring decisions after the game. That was quite funny, actually, considering it's a game of social sevens, and the umpire happened to be one of the da- <laughs> the son of one of the dads on our team. <laughs> And uh, he didn't give his dad any favours, I can tell you. <laughs> so, anyway, some people have different uh, interpretations of exactly what well, social is. We'll talk about umpiring a little bit later on. Yeah, we might get there. News. So where do we start with the news? Can I start news first? You go for it. Because I think one of the big stories that's come out this week as far as news is the um, the... What it's it's not sacking, it's a resignation. The coach of the Argentinian men's side, Carlos Retegui, he's uh, he's resigned and he did so via social media. I, I think he probably had a chat to the uh, authorities beforehand. Well, I'm, not sure, I'm, not, sure, I'm not sure he did. I think that was something I'd read on some of the Argentinian sites with the you know the, using the Google Translate or whatever on there was that it wasn't something that had come out of the National Association. It was something that were put through his own uh, private social media channels. Oh yeah, look, I'm, I'm sure that's how it happened, but I I would have thought that that's not how they found out. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure he had discussions and told him beforehand and said, look, I'm going to do this. This is the post I'm going to make. And he, he put a, a social media post out there. Um, <laughs> look, the only way I've really got to be able to read it, because it was in Spanish, is by using the good old translate on the Facebook page. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly how trustworthy it is. So we won't exactly read it word for word. But he's he's been involved with the country's national hockey setup since 1988, player, coach. He's a serious dude from all accounts. Yeah. Takes his hockey very seriously yeah. as well. Um, but he's, he's quit in a World Cup year. Now, there's some rumour that he's is taking a big money offer from football, which well, there is a precedent for. Yeah, that's right, that's right. That's happened before, isn't it? In, in Argentina, we've yes. spoken about yeah, it on the yeah. podcast. Um, there's no confirmation as far as I can tell that that's the case. I'm having trouble following exactly what's going on because, once again, I don't speak Spanish and not everything translates and you, you loathe to take anything on board. But he's, um, he's certainly written a post that lays it out that he's, he's heartbroken to be making the decision he is, but uh, it's hard to figure out exactly why he's making that decision. Well, look, it, it would be one of two things. It's either the family personal side of things or it's a career opportunity side of things, which is outside of hockey, you would think. Yeah, well, he does in the post make uh, an, uh, an allusion to, uh, today I feel for what I always preach, the team over the individual, and give myself totally for it. 
and essentially that deserves or deserves a coach that is up to these circumstances, a coach to 101% to continue to reap success. So obviously he doesn't feel he can give it the time and the energy. Maybe he's just got burnt out and he's gone, look, I've got to leave now because it's actually the best thing for the team. If I stay on for longer just going through the motions, it's going to turn into a very nasty situation but and they do have some time now the, the very very best coaches in the world step away at the top of their game don't they and uh, the, Maybe. Know, he, 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 he took those guys to an Olympic gold medal there which was you know pretty unexpected. much beyond, uh, totally unexpected yeah, yeah beyond their conceivable reach and uh, so yeah but, you know, that is it you, you can only take things so far and uh, to keep them at the top of the game maybe fresh blood is needed there well it'll certainly be interesting to see with where Carlos ends up um, well there, as we know there's a job going at the FIH so you never know uh, yeah, he might be just coming up later in the show FIH news well I was yeah on this week's episode of Bag the FIH Matt and John get a big stick out uh, that could very well be coming up a little bit later on Anyway, uh, all the best, Carlos, and, and to Argentinian hockey in finding a replacement because he's obviously been integral to the success of the men's program there. Well, whilst we're on, on coaches there as well, I did spot, I think just today, there's uh, uh, some talk about Roland Altman's former Indian and uh, other national team coaches um, potentially going to Pakistan. Would be an interesting move, wouldn't it? He's, he stayed involved in India um, beyond his contract, doing some stuff within the regions there, and uh, so he's obviously got an affinity with Southeast Asia. Um, do you think he might be set for the Pakistan job? Oh, I, I'm sure he might have some interest in it. I mean, he's in uh, the subcontinent at the moment, anyway. He's, he's uh, <laughs> used to the conditions. So to speak, it's not like you're taking someone out of the middle of Europe and throwing them into uh, a culture that they might be totally unfamiliar with. Um, why wouldn't he? I'm sure the Pakistanis will be doing everything they can to get the best coach available, and you'd, maybe Carlos is going to Pakistan. Who knows? Well, I had a little look on the uh, Instagram uh, stories bit of Pakistan hockey today. And yeah. Clicked up. And it was just a shot, basically, of the, the national stadium there being uh, watered. There was one person running down the side of the field. But you look at the size of that stadium and you look at the amount of bums they can get on, albeit, oh, yeah. con- albeit concrete seats. Um, but you can get in there and you go, wow. You I know, don't mind wow, a concrete wow, seat wow. if the toasted sandwich is up to scratch. If you can get a decent <laughs> co- toasted sandwich, you should be able to put up with a concrete seat at a hockey game. Um, yeah, not sure about the... Ham and cheese toasty in Pakistan. That's another story. <laughs> yeah, apologies. Um, perhaps one more coach thing, just slightly related while we're there. Uh-huh. Coaches, coaches say things. Uh, Hockey India, they love pumping out the, the meme things. Is that what they call them, where they put words on pictures? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. And they put up all that stuff. It's lots of aspirational platitude and all things about, you know, just try hard and you'll be better and all that yeah. but he put one up the other day talking about what they're they're going to focus on the um, Indian hockey team and, and building towards the Aslan Shark Cup and the World Cup did you see that one? I didn't know tell me oh, well it was very interesting because nowhere in there did Commonwealth Games get a mention right <laughs> I, I, I just thought as far as India was unless India's already conceded that you know Australia and New Zealand they can have it they're not they're, and then England's going to be there and Scotland and whoever else and you know uh, but it, it was just interesting that, that that didn't come into the focus of what India would be looking for as far as the, a, a competition they were potentially able to win. Well, the big if you can't win the Commonwealth Games, mate, you've got no chance at the World Cup. No. Um, but the big news with that, of course, has come out as well that Sardar Singh's back in the squad there for the Aslan. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Um, but it's a much-changed side. I think there's four or five debutants in the Indian squad there for it. It doesn't look like a team that's being sent there to go and win the Aslan Shark Cup. It looks like it's a bit of a you know bit of a play around with numbers and and um, players and. Do you not get that feeling when you looked at the Australian squad released as well? Uh, no. Or did you think they picked a the best selection? Yeah, uh, I think it's an 85 percent 
level squad there and there's still 15-20% of spots that are up for grabs so there's two or three places available you yeah. think that they're looking at before, in the lead up to the World Cup yeah, yeah. so they've basically got their well Commonwealth Games first that's the, th- that's the thing World Cup's World Cup is another you know six seven months on and I think there's like you know we've talked about Maddie Bird there's young guys like Maddie Bird there's Lockie Sharp Corey Ware there's lo- lo- lots of young fairly inexperienced footballers yeah. in that side that um that's what where those boys need to be aiming towards towards the end of the year. So they've had almost a full year involved with that squad. Um, bearing in mind, there's guys like Mark Knowles. We might not see Mark Knowles after the Commonwealth Games. You know, where, where does where does the Commonwealth Games sit then as a tournament? I mean, considering that England are a very good hockey side, Scotland and Ireland is Ireland going? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah, are they? Yeah. Okay. Well, but. Yeah, Malaysia Malaysia I mean there's good and yeah, on no, the no. women's side there's some good teams going yeah, yeah, across yeah. there as well yeah of course so I'm men's and women's you know, but in England how do they prioritise that over something like a World Cup or other tournaments that are going on where is the actual place where are they likely to think to themselves well going to a World Cup will experiment okay and Olympics number around. one yep World Hockey World Cup number two Okay. Would so, you, would, you, would if, you say that? See, the problem with, in Australia, if our teams don't win gold medals, people will be shouting down the rafters about the, the poor performance of both teams if one of them doesn't, if they both don't get gold medals. That's a fair statement. The yes. Australian media will be Com- going, oh, the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so disappointing. I mean, the women came, what, in, in Rio 8? They got to the yeah. quarters. They came yeah, in the yeah, top yeah. eight. Yeah, seventh, I think. And, yeah. and that wasn't a reasonable position for that team to be finishing. They were never going to win a gold medal. Yet, according to the Australian media, they were one of the worst teams we've ever sent away. Yeah, but that's all based on the yeah, what on, I'm on, getting the, on the grand history and and yeah, no yeah, understanding yeah. of what happens in Exa- between major exactly international right tournaments. Exactly right. Exactly right. It is. And so, how does that stand with other countries? If England come here with a development team, and you know they come third or fourth or fifth or whatever they come. You know, is anybody really going to care in England about that performance? Yes, well, yes, yes, they will, because just like with Australia and many other countries, their funding is not just Olympics-based. Commonwealth Games results also count within where, where you okay, stand. Okay, yeah, within, I, I understand that. that. I'm talking funding. about in the wider community. I'm talking about in the wider sports community. You know, where because that's what so we're Joe Blow sitting on his sofa at home. Being yeah, yeah, up, yeah. upset that Australia haven't achieved Yeah, and they the will be. Result. Don't worry about that. They'll, that, you know, people who've never seen a game of hockey before in their life will go, oh, well, we were supposed to do so well at hockey. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm just wondering, that's, that's the pressure on the Australian players at this tournament. Now, they should do well, and the Australian men should win the tournament on form, but anything can happen. It's a sporting contest, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, yeah, I'd just like to know more about how other people in other countries feel about that level of competition compared to how the well, of course, that the Commonwealth Games means absolutely nothing to anybody that's outside well, of Commonwealth. Does. Just the same as Confederation Cup doesn't mean anything in soccer to those that aren't involved. And you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just the nature of it, isn't it? Um, should we go through some results? Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, we've had the uh, talk a little bit about indoors. So we've had the uh, indoor club championships at three different levels happening uh, over last weekend. Now, Rot Weiss Köln um, from Germany have uh, triumphed in the indoor Euros. So they've added that to their uh, Euro Hockey League championship from uh, from last season. So they're um, the double European indoor and outdoor holders. Um, they who did they beat racing from Brussels 5-2 in the final at the weekend Christopher Ruhr who ended up as best player and top scorer at the Euros I'm sorry at the Indoor World Cup um, was in the side there Tom Bone was in the side for Bau- for um, Bruxelles from uh, from Belgium uh, Marco Mitkow was top scorer and best player in the tournament there. Um, you know, a real star-studded lineup for for the sides that were playing. Um, under 21 player of the tournament was Georgi Arusha from Dinamo Ekaterinburg, and uh, yeah, Milkow best player, top scorer with nine goals, and the best goalkeeper Philip van Leeuwen from Amsterdam. In the the second tier in the men's trophy. 
that was held in Minsk in Belarus. Uh, Hockey Club Minsk were victors there, so home winners. Uh, in the Challenge 1 in Prague, Slavia Prague were the winners there. Uh, and then in Tbilisi um, in Georgia, Three Rock Rovers from Ireland were the winners there. So uh, the, the top two teams in each, of, in each of those sectors then go up into the... Um, Top level, the, the next level on the way up. I also saw that Rob Abbott was umpiring in, in Antalya in in Turkey, I think. So maybe that was the the next level down the challenge. I find it quite confusing. Clubs, and cups, and trophies, and challenge one, challenge two. What do we call it? How do you simplify it? I think they should just go back to calling it like Division One, Division Two, Division Three, Division Four. It makes it easy to understand exactly what's going on. I know the modern marketing marvel thing is to call it this and call it that. Let's change this. When hockey people can't understand it, then how can you expect anybody else to understand it? Very good point, Mr. Allen. Anyway. I get to call you Mr. Allen now. Thank you. We'll get to that again. Yes, we (laughs) will. (laughs) Uh, What else is going on? The Malaysian Hockey League women's competition continues on. That's not quite come to a finish there. No. And there's still some stuff happening in Malaysia. We'll get somebody eventually from Malaysia to come and explain it all to us. I've had some difficulty trying. Early on, I could get the stream. Unfortunately, I've struggled lately. Mm. I don't know what's happening. I think... um, I think my, my auntie might be in trouble. I think the, the police are looking at my auntie at the moment. In Singapore? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're on to her. Isn't it your grandmother? Yeah, that's right. My grandmother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's her. You knew it was a family. What are, what are the uh, international results we have going on? Uh, we, had, we had the end of the uh, um, England-Argentina, sorry, GB-Argentina series happening in Rosario. Oh, did we? Last two games. I'll have to uh, click on... Oh, look, I'm taking all of this as we speak off the FIH... Um, what do they call this page? It's the Match Centre. If yeah. you click on Match Centre, you end up at the FIH TMS. And it's an all-new system now. So the TMS was happening in the background, but behind what you could all see before uh, when you just went to the FIH site. But if, if you put the little prefix TMS, you could get to it. It's now all being undertaken by Altius RT. Um, so it's a bit of a different format, and it's a little harder to find things but I think you can actually get so a bit more information out of it do I send my email to the FIH or to Altius IT good luck good luck with that what sending an email to the FIH or oh. Altius IT Both. Um, but no, not that I've got anything against what they're trying to do here I just think that there's a couple of things that they could simplify and make easier like you've got the standings here where it goes team games played win dross law dross what, win, what? Yeah, I played hockey tonight. <laughs> win, draw, loss, goal difference and points. But then in a separate box that requires you to click on other things, it has team goal scoring. Now, why don't you just put the goal scoring in the proper table? Because then it's all there in one space. We can easily see it and understand it. But they've separated all these statistical things that belong together away from yeah, each other you're kind of on a dashboard page there though so it gives you the overview if you go yeah. no it's not it, it, that page should have standings and the standings should include goals for and goals against that's what a sports table shows as you know there's a lot of hockey goes on John it need to be a big bloody page to fit it all on there um, so no result. it wouldn't because they've got it they've got it here in this box here so the space is not an issue because you'd just be using the space they're already using I'll just say yes, John. Yes, okay, John. yes, John. Some results for what's been happening. What did you just mention before? So the uh, last couple of games from the GB Argentina games in Rosario. Uh, yes, those results there, GB, and if we go to in progress, they come under. Uh, Arge- no, they don't. Are they there? No, it's finished. Previous. The game it's finished. Yeah, finished. So previous. Tell me where it is. I'm going to have to teach him how to use this France page. Go, to the, go scroll up to the top of the page, John. Go left, 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 left. Keep going up, up, up. Yeah, so you've got the ticker along the top there. No, yeah. I haven't. Okay, scroll along. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't got a ticker. That's the scroll bar at the bottom. Oh, there it is. Oh, there you go. Okay, now I know how to use it. See, this is how easy it is, folks. So, um, Argentina, Great Britain. <laughs> They played four tests, didn't they? Yes, they uh, did. And they finished up... Um, All square? No, Argentina won the first one 3-1, then uh, they won the second one 5-2, uh, then they pl- lost 4-2 in the third and won 1-0. That's right, so Argentinian victory in that series there. But it's um, quite, quite close, tight game, see? Yeah, and we... So. 
opened up last we talked last week about the Tri-Nation series happening in Amman. We did, and that has just uh, just finished. So uh, pa- Pakistan finished top of the the, the ladder. Yeah, they played a, a round robin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, four games each. Pakistan won two and drew two. Uh, they drew against both Japan and Amman. Uh, Amman didn't win a game, unfortunately for them, but. Um, not too far off. Not too far off. They did score four goals, so they conceded 14. But they did draw against Pakistan. Now, the final has been played, I believe. Yeah, it has indeed. And Japan just sneaked the win. 2-1? I think it was, yeah. Oh, well done to the Japanese there. Um, I'm sure it was a good turnout. And that, those games were strange. Did you catch any of it? No. I saw a little no, bit of it. No, didn't get a chance. Get um, but the, great uh, to see it, though. It was good to see them all out there competing. Argentinian women are back in action again. I was just going to mention Amman. Oh, go on. That's not a bad result. Amman aren't too far off the pace. No, 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 no. I haven't got their ranking, but what would they be? Probably, you know, top 50, wouldn't they? Yeah, but it's good to see that, you know, they weren't getting horribly flogged, if you know what I mean. It's it's not like an Oceano situation. So um, Amman have a lot to look forward to in the future, you'd think. Uh, what else has been going on? Uh, Argentina women have been p- taking on the New Zealanders as well over the last few days. We've got to scroll forward to see that. I've got that scroll bar underway, Matt. No dramas at all. Um, Argentina beat New Zealand 4-0 in the first game. We've also got coming up just eight hours from now, so by the time you hear this podcast, this game will already have been played, but uh, the local derby... Derby. Derby, derby. Uh, USA and Canada on the women's side of things are taking each other and on and they're playing three, four tests I believe or four games yeah, four tests as during while the Argentina and New Zealand series where, where are is they going taking on place? that's a good question Matt I'm glad you asked it I can click mm, on the sorry. upcoming I can click on upcoming and it's not there it must be in progress no, it's not oh yeah, USA and Canada in California so that's it in Palo Alto the centre there in Palo Alto fantastic Oh, plenty more hockey coming up as well, of course. Um, well, the Ozone Shark Cup, which we'll mention very soon. Uh, Argentina are playing India in the men's side of things. Um, at the Ozone Shark Cup, that's the first one that kicks off on the uh, one week from today. As we, so next time we're recording, that game may have been played. But, of course... Just, we've got lots of indoor still coming up this weekend oh, in Europe. Okay. Um, so the that was all the men's stuff we talked about before, but all the women's uh, cups, trophies and challenge ones and challenge twos and everything are all taking place this weekend. So uh, the women's cups is happening in Dundee in Scotland. Dundee Wanderers, the host club there. We've got UHC Hamburg, Club de Campo from Spain, SV Armenian from Austria. Uh, we've got uh, sides from Switzerland, Netherlands, Ukraine, Belarus all taking part there. Um, I believe there'll be some streaming online of that as well, so keep an eye on our Twitter feed and we'll do our best to share that with you. Also in Prague, the women's trophies taking place. So we've got sides from Ireland, Croatia, Lithuania, um, Belgium, England, France, Russia, and of course the home side Slavia Prague. Women's Challenge 1 is taking place in Murska Sobota. Oh, jeez. I'm hoping it's Slovenia. Yeah, well, let's say it's Slovenia. And um, we've got Swedish sides, um, Bulgarian sides, Slovenian, Slovakian, Italian, Portuguese, Welsh, and Turkish teams all taking place there. So lots of indoor Euro action happening this weekend. And, of course, the uh, Euro Hockey League is going to be kicking off very soon too. As well, Matt, um, in um, the EHL KO16 at Rotterdam, 30th of March yeah, and 2nd March, of April. Yeah. So it's a few oh, weeks mate, away. We've got yet, weeks of hockey to cover before we get anywhere oh, near. No, but I'm really looking forward to that because uh, it's a great competition. It'll all be streamed on the Euro Hockey, as will all that indoor stuff as well. That'll all be getting streamed on the Euro Hockey TV. Yeah. No, they do e- a great the job. EHL club competition is club hockey at its finest. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So put that weekend away, Easter. You can if you don't binge on one of those stupid television series, binge on European club hockey. Go for it. Absolutely. I said it. We might have to uh, play one of these at this moment. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. I think we've done the news. Do you think at this stage? Oh, gee, did we There's ever? More we've news done to get bloody through. half an hour on it, probably. There's more news to get through yet with uh, hockey. Yeah. But before we do, it's time to get to our feature interview. 
So joining me today on the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, is Kookaburra's number 22, Mr. Flynn Ogilvie. Flynn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Well, Flynn, obviously uh, you're a busy boy at the moment and the Kookaburras are, are back in business. But uh, a year ago, that wasn't the case for you, was it? You've had a, a lengthy injury layoff. Can you let the listeners know a little bit about the injury and the, the recovery process that you've gone through? Uh, yeah, the, the last one, I can't actually say we're about to get to the next one. I did my, I tore my hamstring to the bone, uh, my left hamstring, and so that was in May last. I didn't have until the end of the tournament, which was about a week after I did the injury. comments after one of the Dutch games um, that you felt like the hamstring was the, the strongest part of your body at the, at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of time in the gym's gone into the hamstring. That's been the big focus of my rehab, obviously. But keeping the rest of my body in good nick was also a big focus. I didn't want to come back and feel like I was well behind the other boys. So yeah, a lot of focus on the hamstring, and it's yeah, it's things very strong at the moment it's just got to get a bit more flexible now yeah so through that recovery period though you were still associated with the squad uh, yeah yeah I was going to every training session I was, I was doing a bit more gym than the other boys so every now and then I'd be in the gym by myself with the with our strength and conditioning people and then but most of the time I was in with them in the gym I'd do maybe one or two extra gym sessions and then I will just be down the pitch watching and helping out wherever I could while the boys trained. That wouldn't be too frustrating at all, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, it can be busy. I, um, yeah, I would have been a bit bored if I was just sitting around trying to I didn't mind going down for the session and it kept me involved in the squad. But yeah, every now and then it's a little bit frustrating watching them and not being able to do anything. So you've now got the Sultan Aslan Shah coming up again, um, and you know, fingers crossed, we don't get any um, injuries like last time around. What are, what are your thoughts about the tournament, tournament with regard to the Kookaburras and where they're at? You know, this is a big year in hockey. Uh, yeah, it should be an interesting tournament. It's got a pretty good um, set of teams going. It's us, yeah, which we're not really sure what to expect of. I think they're sending a bit of a young team. Yeah, England, who obviously will play it the Tom game, so that's a big, big run. Argentina, world number two, that we just played in the final, world looks four. And then there's Ireland and Malaysia. Ireland are pretty physical and and pretty fit and strong, so they're, they're always interesting to play, and then they haven't checked Malaysia. They, um, they always play well in their home country with a big crowd. So it should be a good tournament, should be a good test for us after playing the Dutch, who are one of the best teams in the world, and playing decent against them, but probably not as good as we wanted to. So this tournament will be a good, uh, really good test for us before heading to our first major, which is the Com Games. Yeah. What are, what are the crowds like in Malaysia? The crowds, uh, yeah, they're, they're actually very good when the, when Malaysia are playing, packed out, packed stadiums. So that's really good. But then, like the early games, when their they're, kind of, um, fans aren't really too interested in those games, you don't get a huge crowd, but they, they send out some schools and stuff like that, so it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen that they've got the Malaysians have got a few new faces in there. Like you said, India have got quite a few new faces in there as well. Australia seem seem to be sending a very strong side out. There's a couple of the younger boys that are in there, but you you think you're a shout of uh, of taking the title there? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Well, last year we did we did do it as well. We lost to 
England in the final, which was a bit disappointing, but we were very close there, and there was presenting a very strong team for this one, I think. If the come down coming up, so everyone's like, and it's not one so well, and so we're, we're a pretty good chance, but as I said, England, Argentina, but he could easily take the title as well, so we're going to have to be at our best, I think. Yeah, well, we're certainly looking forward to it here on the reverse stick. Now, um, this week you've popped up on the Hockey Australia social media feed, particularly on Facebook, um, in a bit of a new role, in a in a presenting role. Um, what's that all about? <laughs> yeah, just a, just a bit of fun. Um, our media, uh, social media guy is trying to just get get a bit of content out before the Com Games, build up a bit of excitement, continuing to home Com Games, and hopefully hockey gets some big crowds, so just... Just trying to build the media, get get our faces out there, and just get people excited to come and watch. If they're up in Gold Coast, or watch on TV and try and get some crowds and support and some support behind us into a homecoming game. Do you think that this is uh, sort of the changing face of the world? That there's going to be a lot more put on top players to get involved with the social media side of things. I mean, what, what's the ask from Hockey Australia with this sort of stuff? Um, that doesn't matter. But I think that encouraging us to get them more, I think it's a really good thing. If we want to become bigger as a sport and and promote the game more, we as the top players in the in the game have to get our faces out there more and try and, and try to do more for the for the sport. And hopefully that grows the sport and makes it bigger with all the with all the things FIH and Hockey Australia trying to put in place with the Pro League and maybe trying to change the AHL. So I think we need to, as players, we need to get on board and just try to promote the game as much as we can. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. and I'm happy to help out with any any promotional stuff that Hockey Australia or anyone else are doing around the sport because we, we need to promote the game more and hopefully it grows from that. So you're looking for a name for your new segment that you're doing through Hockey Australia's Facebook channel? Unfortunately, we get a lot of response about that because the sound quality was pretty poor and... After the second one, we had a lot more views, a lot more responses, and people getting involved, which is good. And yeah, we're just, as I said, we're just doing it a bit of fun, try to, try to give the fans and the listeners a bit, bit of information on what we do and just have a laugh. So we've had a couple of decent ideas, and yeah, hopefully they keep coming through. Well, it seems very entertaining stuff anyway, and people can just go on to the Hockey Australia Facebook page there and check that out. Um, Flynn, thank you so much for joining us today. Good luck with the upcoming Sultan Aslan Shark Cup in Epo, and uh, we'll speak again in the future. All right. Cheers, Flynn. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was Flynn Ogilvy. Australian male hockey player and uh, a magpie as well. A magpie as well, and a, you know he's, he's going from strength to strength, strength, and great to see him back out on the park and and firing on all. That was a pretty nasty fingers. injury. Oh, hamstring off the bone is never nice, is it? No, unless it's Christmas in Australia. Uh, Ham on the bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we do like our Christmas here. Moving on though, what other news? Well, first of all, before we move on, we should mention the uh, Aslan Shark coming up. It begins in Ipo in Malaysia on the third through to the tenth of March. Um, I'm hoping those games will be streamed. They're certainly uh, they're going to be live in our country on a on a broadcaster, Foxtel. But I'm not sure about what streaming will be going on as far as if you are outside of those. You know how those deals will work, but we'll keep an eye on all of that sort of stuff. Argentina, Australia, England, India, Ireland, and Malaysia will be taking part there. So there's some good teams and some up-and-coming teams that will be looking to uh, not only learn but make an impact. Well, and all countries that have got very strong um, satellite or cable broadcasters. <laughs> That's a good point to make. Yes, very good point to make. <laughs> Kicks off with a ripper though. Argentina versus India. The resurgent un- India under Sir Melania. Sheard. Sheard. Uh, taking on Argentina, an apparently coachless team. I'm pretty sure that yeah, Carlos well, was turning up in Malaysia. I, I did note the assistant had said that he wasn't interested in taking on the, um, the big job. So I don't know if there's any notice period being served by uh, Chapa or. Uh, we'll find out on the 3rd of March. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that game your eyes glued to the screen. should be a great tournament, though. There should be some really good hockey played there, so looking forward to that. Some announcements made by the FIH 
this week oh, for not announcements. Well, appointments to start with. No, no, some 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 divisions in in the organisation seem to be doing their job. Oh, um, really? Yeah, uh, <laughs> our friend Tammy um, from oh. the show. She she's got the uh, the T D gig for the Women's World Cup, the Vitality Correct. Women's World Cup in England. And uh, that's coming up in June. And of course, we'll be doing some extended—well, not some extended, but some daily shows um, from from the cup there, uh, with their help from our friends at the Hockey Family. We'll be bringing you live interviews and all the action every single day. And of course, we hope to bring you the Dream Team once again. That's still to be sorted out. You know, lots of work to be done with that yet. Um, that means we'll have to watch a lot of hockey, won't it? We'll be watching oh, a lot what of a terrible thing. <laughs> My missus is going to be so disappointed. Anyway, John. Yes. I've said FIH. Uh, There's something more pressing. Now, I tweeted out today, uh, and look, we missed this totally. We missed this announcement over the past ten days days prior to our last show going out. Um, We made comment in the last show about the announcement made at the Indoor World Cup that it was an interim CEO uh, for the FIH. We're pretty good with doing our bits of research and reading up on hockey. And I, to be honest, well, we I go to a lot of hockey websites. Yes, and I do check in every now and again on the Inside the Games Biz site, and we've mentioned it before because it was the only place that we found any information about uh, the supposed resignation of Jason McCracken from well, the CEO's role. Let, let's go back on that. Inside Biz, Inside the Biz, Inside the Games Biz had claimed they had received a statement from the FIH. Yeah. They didn't print that statement, but they told us what they thought we should know about what was in that statement. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, there is no statement. Well, if it doesn't get broadcast on your own channel... If you make a statement to the media, you send it to everybody in the media, and I'm not, I'm not including us in that, but there's, other, there's plenty of other hockey media news-type websites. There's some very serious, serious journalists out there that write on the sport. There is. And I would have thought when you release a statement, you release it to everybody. You don't just send it to one journalist. At the time when the first the first one came out, the Indian media were covering it. It's beholden upon that journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were referencing back to the... It's beholden upon that journalist... Or Ashley Morrison. ...to print the release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't just tell us, oh, we've got this release and this is what they reckon. Print it. Yeah. Let us see this release. Because no one in hockey knows yet, officially, that Jason McCracken has left his post. Well, I the only I... place that yeah. has ever mentioned it is inside the game's biz. They're the dot only biz. dot biz. Yeah. And I'm starting to believe that, you know, how, how many journalists do the FIH know? One? Yeah, well, I, I made that point in the tweet that, that I put out today. Did, today, do, do the FIH know any of the journalists? I don't. Um, it's a very interesting strategy, isn't it? It's, this it's not a strategy at all. It's trying to dodge it. They're just trying to not have to say anything. They've still got the CEO's November video blog up. Well, you look at the employees of, of, of the FIH in the, in the various roles that are on the website, and I think there's three or four of them that don't even work there anymore. So. I, uh, I'm, I'm staggered. Now, let's go through the latest release that was released. Uh, this was posted on Thursday, the 1st of February 2018 by Liam Morgan. Uh, German Delft Ness has been appointed interim chief executive at the International Hockey Federation before a permanent replacement for Jason McCracken is selected me- next month. It has been announced. Announced to who? Well, announced to Inside the Game Stop Biz. And look, if we're not getting any sponsorship out of Inside the Game Stop Biz, we'll mention it Inside the Game Stop Biz lots of times. And Inside the Game Stop Biz need to have a serious look at themselves. <laughs> no, you, you know if you what? weren't sure of where to look for the latest FIH news, just go to Inside the Game Stop Biz. Better still, listen to us and save the clicks for our website. Don't give them to them. Uh, New Zealand's McCracken had shocked the hockey world when he tendered his resignation from the position. Well, no one in the hockey world is shocked because we don't know that he's resigned (laughs) officially, which he had held since October 2016, for personal reasons. Are they? We don't know. No, 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 stop. For personal reasons in December. That was not in the original release that was published on Inside the Games.biz. No. It was because, why was it? Because he was unable to secure a title sponsor for the new Hockey Pro League. Well, 
It has been claimed, McCracken. It has been claimed. Well, that's a journalist's way of saying some bloke down the pub told me. It has been claimed. A businessman, uh, McCracken, who's a businessman who was a technical delegate for the men's hockey tournament at 2016 Rio Games in Rio, uh, Rio Games, quit as a result of being unable to secure a title sponsor for the new hockey pro league. What, we all know that's rubbish because that wasn't his job. In fact, the bloke that's replacing him was appointed as the um, marketing marketing commun- communications director. That would have been his job. No, but it wasn't his job because it was a new role. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on here? What's going on at the FIH? Seriously, this is an absolute and total joke. What? what Get what, to your favourite part. You my, tell that story. My, this is my favourite part with it. This very same spokesperson for the FIH confirmed to Inside the Games that they were hoping McCracken's successor would be chosen following an executive board meeting in Lausanne in March. Okay, that's good. So looking at, uh, looking at a successor, um, we have an interim CEO who is the marketing communications director. Just that's yep. what we have at the present. The next line is, it is not known whether Ness will be considered for the permanent role. Okay, so we don't know. That's fair enough. Ralph N- uh, Dalf Ness, we, that, that's fine. He's, he's just taken on the job to help out the Well, FIH. they need someone to stand there, don't they? Absolutely. Okay, the very next line. The FIH also expect to appoint a new marketing and communications director <laughs> once the recruitment <laughs> process for the chief executive position is concluded. Well, I thought that was Dolph's job. Hang on. So there's one of two things that are going to happen here. Either Dolph Ness is the new uh, CEO of the FIH, fate accomplished, job done, or once a new CEO is appointed, Dolph <laughs> Ness is getting sacked, <laughs> and he doesn't even keep the marketing, the marketing and communications role. What? Brilliant. Absolutely uh, brilliant, hey? Ah... Uh. I, I just and the next couple, the next couple of lines are a load of rubbish that follow, follows after that. But, jeez, um, it yeah. beggars belief. It just beggars belief. What's the story? <laughs> if you've got a story, tell a story. But guys, you've got to own this. You've got to uh, recognise that this is ridiculous. And hockey lovers are looking at this and going. You haven't got a bloody clue yeah. what you're doing. And where is your funding coming from? It's coming from our sport. Are you part of our sport or are you are you part of this, you know, little gold and purple circle in, in Lausanne that is on a different in a different world on another planet? Yeah, the funny thing is if they had to come out and owned it from the very, very beginning, people would have gone, Oh gee, the Kraken's resigned. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. But oh, if it's personal, you know, personal reasons, that's, no one fair, that, question that's fair enough. You, you know about the rumours going around well, now, yeah, my friend. Yeah, and they are and, and truly look, ugly rumours. And, if, any, and if, 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 if there was a 10% truth in any of it, then I'd be resigning on personal reasons <laughs> as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with a confidentiality clause and everything else that goes with it, that everybody keeps it. Now... This must be hard on Jason McCracken, and, and I'm sure that those personal reasons, you know, it's, it's a big role, and it would be a tough thing to step away from. Now, it would have an effect on your personal life, and so maybe there's some consideration from the FIH that uh, there's a little bit of love and care needed, and you, and you can't necessarily uh, oh, don't drive don't too drive hard that with bus, it. Mate. But you know. Uh, no, we're in sport, and sport is a performance business. If you don't perform as a player, you get cut. There's none of that rubbish going on. You just get cut, mate. And that's the way sport works, and, and it's cutthroat. You've got to live with it and deal with it. And plenty of people deal with that sort of disappointment in sport every day. Mm, I think... Uh it's, we need to look inside the executive office and we need to look at, you know, the guys that are well, involved. It's, it's, it's clearly well, a shambles. M- M- Melanie Wilmore looks after people, governance and operations. She's the director on that sort of thing. So I guess that's that kind of wider HR role. And she would be, you know, concerned. And part of her job would be to be concerned about the welfare of everybody employed within the FIH. So considerations must be taken. But you've got to... You've got to own this sort of situation and communicate. Uh, yes, communications, PR, all of that sort of business. Um, if you're all professionals in your roles, guys, bloody sort it out. 
sort it out. And it, it's a sad uh, indictment upon the hockey community that it's got to this stage. Because if this had happened in other so-called allegedly major world sports, media, the fans, club owners, they would be all over this like a bad rash. And... <laughs> The, the people in Luzon are lucky that it appears as though hockey people are fairly benign in their yep, yep. outrage yep, about it. And it. we should be jumping up and down and saying, what's going on there? We pay your wages. That's bottom line. <laughs> ah, Shall we move on, mate? Yeah, let's move on. And uh, if, Where do you want to go? Well, Adisha? Oh, yes. <laughs> let's go there. Let's go to India. Let's talk about sponsorship. Yeah, well, this is an interesting case. Uh, last week we saw the announcement from Hockey India that they have a new uh, team sponsor, major team sponsor. For five years, I believe. Yeah, the Indian national team is now sponsored by Odisha State, which is an interesting dynamic that's going on there. I'm so not saying I'm, I'm for it or against so it. They've had a, lot, a long-standing deal with Sahara that's obviously come to an end. Yep. Um, and there's nothing. And a true, a true, a true corporate sponsor there. Yep. My now, problem, my my only issue with it is that it's government money. So it's government money. And we've got to, as a sport, we should be weaning ourselves off government money because government money often comes with little tags attached to it. Well, you, you bet your bottom dollar. Where, <laughs> where are the major tournaments going to be happening for Indian hockey over the next five years? Odisha. Of course they are. Yeah. So I'm, but, I'm not but sure they're already happening there anyway, well, uh, and uh, maybe that's yeah. the little that's the feed into the to the longer term well, I, deal I, with it. How does that fit in with Hockey India's vision to take hockey around the country? Though I, I'm not so sure. How would other um, hockey states be feeling about that? The fact that you know they've they've essentially got a leg up in whatever they want to do. It's it's an interesting dynamic that's going to play out, and it could be a great thing for Indian hockey. It might be a brilliant idea. I, you know, I can't see um, England hockey being sponsored by Cornwall. I can't see German hockey being sponsored by Bavaria. Uh, I can't see Australian hockey being sponsored by Western Australia. Well, we were for a long time. <laughs> Back to the glory days. Uh, Sorry, folks. Um, it's not going to happen anywhere else, is it? Oh, very well could do. I mean, I, I just love the irony of a state uh, being the major sponsor of a national team. There is a lovely touch of irony in that. And anyway. look, you know, it begs the question, do you start to see more players from Odisha making the international side? See, what in a, you're in doing a political, there, In a political country, and a deeply political country like India... Uh, you're questioning the integrity of the Indian hockey selectors. No, 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 no. I'm, to, I'm questioning the integrity of the Indian hockey system. Okay, well, yeah, of course, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I think of that? Hey, speaking of integrity... But hey, look, look we're, talking about the F we're talking about the FIH. I mean, I'm questioning <laughs> the integrity of the whole of the bloody... Uh, the world of hockey. Hey, well, leading from Odisha, let's, let's take another step, because we're with Indian hockey and Indian sport. Dr. Batra's comment on his Facebook page this week... Oh, jeez. He's been pretty active this week. There's been a fair bit of sitting down at tables and a few flowers uh, exchanged once again. Uh, nice to see uh, one, women in amongst 12, one woman amongst 12 blokes in any given photograph. Um, it was Elaine and Lauren. No, 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 it wasn't Elaine, no. Um, go on. What's what? he got involved with this week? Well, he, he, he put up a post. He wasn't at the World Cup, was he? Indoor World Cup. No, he no, was, man, he was, man. He was pretty what, what, much in, in, in India this week. Look, yeah. he put up a post. Yeah, come on, Facebook, hurry up. I'm doing this in live time, folks. This is live pre-recorded radio. You're podcasting. Um, he put up I a post. Yes, this one. Yes, you remember this one? Yeah. Now, I'm not sure where it came from. I've been, I'm trying to find out exactly what it was that pushed him to... I mean, you get an idea, but uh, in bold letters... This is the problem, then. One, the ministry, I feel and believe, do not want a single international event to happen in India, imposing such conditions. Now, that made me go back and have a look at what was going yeah. on. So, it appears as though the uh, Indian Sports Authority and the ministry has decided that 
any international, any sport, Indian Sports Association that wants to hold an international event in the country has got to get the okay from them. From the SAI. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know what? That doesn't seem like such a terrible idea. To, I mean, I know if you're an Australian sporting organisation, you want to hold an international event here, the first thing you do is ring the government and hold your hand out for a rather large <laughs> full-size check. Yeah. Which city do you want to end? Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. So it, it struck me that this was an odd thing that he should seem to be getting upset about. Obviously, I don't know too much about the internal politics of Indian sports. But we've covered the clash with SAI we before. We have. And, and the suckers and the anarchists from the SAI. Now, quote, Dr. Batra goes on to talk about smaller international events. I wonder there... If he's thinking about events such as the uh, Indian Hockey League, the which Hockey would Indian contain League. many international players, whether he's worried that they're going to deem that to be an international event and not a domestic event because internationals are playing in it, and that will mean suddenly they have to put themselves in uh, alliance with the sports Authority of India, and they might have reasons why they might not want to do that. But and he have also, that oversight of but what he also doing. doesn't want the the alliance between the Indian Olympic Association and the and the Sports Authority of India either. There's uh, many things clashing there too, isn't there? I, look, you could go to Dr. Narendra Dhruv Batra. You can go to his Facebook page. You can read the statement he's made. And make of it what you will. He's written that, he's as he he's says. He's responding to the to the newspaper article, which the top line on it is, top ministry official no, slams no, Batra remarks. Well, no. That's what he's responding to, though. But Batra had made remarks before this guy said anything. And all the, the guy says... Um, yeah, yeah, that's why he's, you know, that, yeah, no, he's, he's slamming Batra's remarks. I have known Batra's Shri come back ba- with more remarks. Yeah, I've known Shri Batra for a long time as a gentleman and an able sports administrator, and therefore I was all the more surprised at the language that has been used by him as published in the said article. It certainly does not behove a person of his standing and stature who is currently holding two very responsible positions of President of the Indian Olympic Association and President of the FIH to speak in this matter. Now, the guy's trying to be a bit conciliatory towards him, as it turns out. Look, what are you talking about? We should sit down and have have a discussion, you know. As he says, uh, the the, the official, it is only logical and fair that the government should know its financial exposure for the event before the National Sports Federation bids for it. Fair enough. That is basic logic. What, you think you're going to just go and bid a billion dollars and turn around to the government and say, oh, look, we need... 500 million from you. I think the good doctor is just way. making these, you know, empirical, uh, wide-ranging, sweeping statements, and uh, everyone's just got to follow. And look, he's got a lot of supporters. In he's India. got a lot of supporters. He's like, like we said before, he's a man of action. In, in India. India, a lot of supporters in India. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good thing hockey's a global game, and the authorities should think. Us as hockey people should think about lobbying the. Those in that, the positions of our national associations that get to decide these things when they go to the annual biennial conference. Well, we, did, we, biennial. Didn't make, we didn't make any. We didn't but the make biennial any. conference at the end of the year—that's when a change can be made, and we should, as a sport, make that change and lobby for it now. You think he should be out? Oh, absolutely. After this, yes. He's had a dodgy run for the last 12 months. A real dodgy run, and he's been given great deal of latitude, and now he's taken on this role. I mean, what does what does Hockey India think about him making that statement as the president of the FIH? What does Hockey India think that's going to do with with their relationship with the Sports Authority of India? Or does Dr. Batra not care about that because he's holding all the strings anyway? I said it eight weeks ago. Let's support the man. Let's get him into Parliament as soon as possible. Indian Parliament. Yeah. Okay, that's not a bad move. Oh, we'd better get to our mate. Which one? We haven't got many. Yeah, we have. Oh, yes, we have. We've got a mate. Hot off the press as well. It dropped into the inbox just as we were starting to record this evening. Um, Hockey World News, the very latest article is, um, um, edition is out. Uh, Episode... uh, 
episode edition number four and uh, it's a great reading there we've got stuff from uh, Simon Orchard we've got stuff from Lockie Sharp it's quite heavily uh, uh, Australian influence and of course we've got a piece in there from FH umpires Keely Dunn and uh, oh that we can't thank you enough Keely for raising the uh, the reverse stick in hockey world news and thank you uh, Jade for allowing allowing her to uh, publish our names in there um, can I what's the story thank John? You? Oh, well I first of all want to say thank you Keely because apparently her favourite hockey global hockey podcast is us so thank you very much for that for a start oh, great so we'll take that quote and we. Plaster it everywhere. We, 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 won't, we, we won't read, we won't read <laughs> anything else in yeah. the article. Yeah. Thank you, Keely. That's it. No, well, look, the, the article's called Selling Out the Umpire to Sell Hockey, and it relates over some, some comments we made in episode 34. Well, some comments we made in episode 34 about comments that Simon Orchard had made during the Australian-Netherlands um, Test series, and of course, you, you might remember that if you if you managed to get through the the tome that was episode thirty four or three hours and eighty seven <laughs> minutes of it or whatever it bloody was, <laughs> the War and Peace <laughs> of Hockey podcast. Look, and I must admit those comments, I can't exactly. I haven't listened back to the tape to be honest with you, Keely. Sorry. So we're going pretty much off the cuff with this, um, but I do remember thinking. At the time that I heard those comments, which was watching it live, thankfully, on the old internet stream, I nearly fell off my chair laughing. And I thought it was extremely funny, and I thought it was extremely funny because I am aware of the background that goes on, has gone on, between Orchard and Murray Grime. And not only Orchard and Murray, but a vast... No, a number. A, not a vast, a, a fair few. Put it this uh, way, no, it goes, fair, let's say a fair few. It goes beyond the club we play at, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know it. Now, the only reason I know who Murray Grime is is because people have pointed me out and saying quite nasty things about Murray at different times. Now, my personal opinion of Murray Grime as an umpire is that... He's a, he's a very well competent umpire. Of course, he's a uh, very he's good umpire. Top, what, top of the game for many, no many doubt. years. What upsets people is seeing Murray occasionally making decisions that they cannot fathom an umpire of his ability and skill making. That's what I hear from hockey people here who have been around the. Do you know what I hear? Oh, I hear, I hear the bloody I, dog trying I, to get in. This I hear Maggie, the pod, podcast dog, trying to get in. So you keep talking about Murray Grime. Okay, okay go Look, I'm, it, I don't want to be dissing on Murray Grime because I do think he's a very, very good umpire, but it's not the first time that this sort of thing has been associated with Murray over the years. Um, I'm sorry, I probably, Keely, that it may have appeared that I was umpire bashing to a certain degree and I'll, I'll check the audio again because I don't really want to bash umpires but when you know umpires have got to be held accountable too we can't just wrap you guys in cotton wool and expect that you can perform and, and monitor yourselves and we should all expect that to just be the way it happens uh, I agree with a lot of your comments in your article about particular commentators um, what made me laugh about what Simon Orchard said was the way he said it, in juxtaposition to what Ashley Morrison, the commentator, had said before him. Now, I hear some other commentators that you have quoted there, and I agree. Maybe I think the commentator that you quote might have heard Simon, because it looks like an awfully similar quotation to that particular commentator. Yeah, it's... Um yeah, the, the the point that you you know that we've made on on the show is that we need that juxtaposition. We need that uh, not necessarily to build the controversy, but yeah, that was the wrong word to use. Yeah, no, it's 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 more about look, when you're playing, your emotions are different to when you're umpiring. When you're in the crowd, it's different to when you're playing. It's different to when you're umpiring. You view things from different angles. You view things from different perspectives. There's stuff that happens in the heat of the moment for players and for umpires. And um, 
we gen, gen, generally we find some kind of common ground, you know, hopefully in the bar after the game and you can have a bit of a chat about it and, you know, you've got your point, I've got my point and uh, we shake hands and, and off we go with it. But I think you, if you're commentating on top level sport, and this is top level sport, then you've got to have that freedom to be able to make that judgment and it might not be the right judgment, um, but you can take that away as a viewer and decide yourself, can't you? Yeah, uh, look, I, I think probably Simon went a bit too far. I think he could have said the same thing without using the words he did. That That's, you know, in hindsight, very much in hindsight. As I said, I nearly fell off the chair laughing. I thought it was great at the yeah, back. Yeah, but he, you know, he, doesn't, he, but does, he doesn't hold back with it, and I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, but Keeley makes some very good points in that particular article. So people should read it. Apart from the fact he calls you and I Lee and Alan, <laughs> look look forward to the uh, the album of Irish hockey ditties coming out um, sometime next year. <laughs> we did <laughs> we tried out a couple before we recorded, oh. mainly around Davy Hart. Yeah. Um, no, we're not going to. No, we're not. Can I we're sing not, a little bit? No. Oh, go, on. go on in quick. Davy, you're going to make a savey. <laughs> Okay, that's it. And after no, 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 no. all, <laughs> you're gonna kick the ball. <laughs> no more. Um, anyway, oh, sorry. Um, that's yeah, not an Irish. Yeah, some, 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 that wasn't an Irish talk. I'm sure somewhere down the line, the Gallagher's have got some Irish in it. It's like the hogs. It's a great piece from Keely, anyway. Get hold of Hockey World yeah, News. Ready. You'll find Hockey World News on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and all over and the web. And she does make some good points. On it, and I'll, in the next couple of weeks, Keely, I'll get involved in a discussion on offline sort of way and just talk about some of the other stuff that comes up in it. Because she's right. A lot of what she says is right, except for the bit that I don't. Do you, Keely, do you write your headlines? Selling out the umpire to sell hockey. Yeah, it's pretty catchy. No umpires, no game. Uh, yeah, no players, no umpires, no point in having a game. Don't just, just waved his hands to me to follow up to that <laughs> with something. I'm, look, Keely, uh, look, I, I don't agree with anything he's saying. You know. <laughs> Can we still be friends? No, she's a good lady, Keely, and does a lot. And, and she's just, um, she's re-entered the professional hockey. She's got a gig with Pan Am, yeah. Pan Am Hockey in Bolivia, I believe. So well done. We'll be jumping on oh, the plane. She'll be hating having to go to Bolivia from Canada, wouldn't she? It's still a bit chilly in Canada, I think, at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Good luck to her. It should be a great adventure, if nothing else. Packy togs. Um, just one more thing. Go 101%. Carlos uh, Retigui yeah. uh, mentioned the term 101%. Yeah. I was so pleased to see that. Instead of... 110%. Yeah. <laughs> we gave 110%. Every time I hear a coach or a player say, we gave 110%, I think of Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap and his amp that went to 11. Decimated is the one for me. Decimated? Yeah. Yeah, 1 in 10. 1 in 10. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why I just thought it came up with that one. <laughs> uh, we'll find out what people think about the true meaning of the word decimate. Next week. Um, oh, you are keeping it in? Oh, oh I am now. Okay. Um, some feedback from the old socials. I thought I had a couple of things, but I'll let you tee off first. So, uh, I don't know if anybody was listening too keenly last week or not, but of course, Amy Tennant is a England goalkeeper and not a Auckland goalkeeper that may have been mentioned in the show. Uh, as we said last week, it was very early in the morning for us to record and the brains weren't quite working. But I've had some communication with Amy. She got the gear sorted for us. We're still looking for some support from the UK to uh, get some stuff shipped over to Sierra Leone. We're not going to sent a couple of emails out to large companies that yeah, deal with shipping great big pieces of equipment to a country that relies predominantly on mining. We're not going to let that go. We're going to keep working no. on that. And any support you can give with that, we would greatly and appreciate. If and you, you work it. for a resource company or a company like that, or you know someone who does, that does business in Sierra Leone, get in touch with them and put the hard word on them because these resource companies make a great deal of money out of Sierra Leone. Don't kid ourselves about that. And all we're asking for is in a shipment that may be up to 20 or 30 tonnes, you throw 20 kilograms of hockey goalkeeping equipment in with it. We're trying to make this... And, and then you get to associate yourself with an elite female 
sports person who's, yep. who's donated the gear. Yep. Then you get to associate yourself with doing something really great in a country that needs people to be doing something great. It's a win-win, and it could cost you virtually nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So if you can have it's a no-brainer. Or get in touch with us, and we can put you in, the, in touch with the right people. So yeah. that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at the Reverse Stick, or send us an email, admin at net. That'll get to us that way. Anything more? Uh, you must have plenty. You've been busy, busy. Oh, we'll be popping up in Munster Hockey, new magazine, well, second edition of their magazine coming out next week, so keep an eye out for that. All things Munster Hockey and some other things going around on and uh, around the world of hockey. Uh, what else? No, I think we're pretty good, John. Oh, the sponsorship. Oh, the sponsorship. Mention that. We've got to get that out. Still flooding in the uh, uh, applications for the TRS World 11 sponsorship. Thank you so much for everybody that's got in touch so far with it. No more goalkeepers, please. And we need more ladies. We want this to be a balanced team. We don't want it to be all fellas. And... Uh, so yeah don't be shy ladies get in touch I think we, also we should put it out there that we're looking for average players we're looking not for looking a specific skill set yeah. which is a lack, lack of, of skill set, set. <laughs> uh, there is as coach I can say this will definitely be happening there will be a team fine for players who show excessive skill so uh, if if you're not afraid of facing up to five bucks, and look, if you play, that's well, not going to worry yeah, you. Excessive skill in one game means you play with the uh, 1978 Karachi King in the next game. Oh, have you got that one hidden away? We've got one of those hidden away. Oh, brilliant. Looking forward to that. That should be fantastic. Plenty of hockey coming up too in the next few days, Matt. Um, you must be very busy because you've got a season to organise coming oh, up as well, haven't you? Oh, believe me, mate. Honestly, just... Building the list. How are you going with the goalkeepers? Uh, too many, as always. Oh. Bloody goalkeepers. <laughs> Have a great hockey weekend. Enjoy what happens to be coming your way. And we'll be back with you next week for more from the Reverse Stick. The yeah. Global Hockey Podcast. Thank you. Hey,